Are the rumours true that this is out with the flooring porter betting syndicate that we were... They're trying to, to hide the money here, Will. That's what yeah. they're trying to do now. I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Subscribe to the Hurling Pod feed on the OTB Sports app now. 8.49 this morning. Alan Quinnan is with us. Alan, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, lads. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We've been talking about Munster uh, already and we'll get to that in just a second. But um, have you heard from your friend Ron Regara at all? Because he's making headlines all over the world. <laughs> Yeah, I, I see that. Um, no, I was talking to him Saturday night after his little uh, argument with Christoph Urias, Urias on the sideline when um, when they played Bordeaux. But I didn't know he was talking about um, possibly taking over the England hedge job or, or saying that he'd, he, he'd enjoy the job and he'd uh, possibly do it. Um, but that's not a surprise, I suppose. Look, it's... Somewhere in his position, um, I suppose if you're Irish, it's kind of like Roy Keane. I, I I don't know how to feel about this Roy Keane when I, I can't remember which one of the Man United players was going to City or possibly uh, it was Mark Hughes about co- ma- managing Man City. He said, "Well, you just don't go there, and that's it. Um, you just say no, and you don't go to that lot." But um, I don't think if it's that it's that much with with, with Rog. But um, it's interesting, isn't it, to to, to hear that and. That's what he said in BT yesterday, anyway. So I haven't spoken to him since about it. He's a good, he's a good Alpenmaster, our Raj. Though he's telling telling the English audience on BT, it's a great job. Of course, it is. Great job, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a job that he'd be interested in, but I suppose, um, yeah, it, it's Jerry, It's all about timing. Um, you know, if you're Irish, you want to come back maybe and do the Irish job or the Munster job. That's what we probably think, and maybe would hope would happen at some stage, but. Um, it's about timing, and if the English job came up for any coach in that position, I think um, I always I, I remember talking to Clive Woodward a, a number of years ago when when we were doing stuff together on Sky, and um, would he go back into club management? And we were chatting about someone who was going to be an international coach, and he said, "Look, international rugby is where it's at, and if you're a coach, um, you have to look at that. It's a different job because you don't have that day to day workings. But you know, for any coach who's who's on the club scene, um, if they were in contention for a job like that, I think they'd certainly have to look at it. I, I think as well, like if you're, so just take the whole weekend, right, where on Saturday there is that contratom on the sideline and his team win and they're in great, great nick now for making the barrage and, and um, you know, they're just in good form. It's an important local rivalry that they've come out the right side of and there's a couple of big games up against them over the next few weeks, which adds a lot of spice to that. But it's box office. If you're the owner of any club or if you're the hierarchy of any club or indeed if you're um, the the union of anybody, you're like, this is going to bring a lot of attention and a lot of focus. Not only that, the rugby that his team plays is excellent. Like he wants to keep the ball alive. He wants to entertain the crowd. He wants the players to feel like they're smart. It's like he's he's just reaching a bit of a sweet spot in his career now where he makes news whatever he says. Yeah, and, and look, it's it doesn't surprise it wouldn't surprise any of us who've played with Raj. Um he's very passionate, um, he's very hands on in his approach and I suppose um you know in Urias was kind of offended by him being on the sideline and, and gesturing and shouting and he said something in French that it was uh, too much cinema and then Rog had a few words with him I think it's pretty harmless really but um, it's good crack though he is a hit- great it's brilliant to see um, he's a bit of a history of, of uh, 
you know, getting involved with people on the sideline. You Urias, the, the the Bordeaux coach, yeah. he was at Cass for years as well, and uh, so he's no angel there. Um, and Roger, I think, is showing a bit of passion. It was brilliant to see. It was all over Twitter, and it was on our our, our WhatsApp group as well. <laughs> Lo- loads of comments uh, from from uh, from lots of our teammates over the years. As as the block, I think. The most important thing is you win the game, and he got a brilliant win there with his team and in Bordeaux. And they're in a good position now, but it it didn't surprise me. It, I have to say this right because he killed me. His passion doesn't surprise me. Um, the way he wears his heart in his sleeve, and you know when they're down on the sideline, coaches like that. That's why most of the rugby coaches and uh, are are put up into the stands, and you know you're you're you don't have that hands-on involvement in the sideline like you see in the Premier League with managers moving up and down the touchlines but um, it was great it was great to see and it was great that he stood his ground as well mm. um, he wasn't allowed to be bullied you know and you're I think Urias obviously took some sort of offence to to Raj encouraging his team and I didn't see anything wrong with it yeah it's, it's celebration policing but like the best part about it is Urias being unhappy with Ronald O'Gara being on the sideline and Urias himself appears on the sideline to give out uh, Ronald O'Gara well he's, he's running a, he, yeah he's running up and down the sideline most matches yeah. and uh, I've seen him do that over the years and you can see clearly he's had some altercations with people so um, I'm glad Raj stood his, stood his ground and stood up to him should we, should we have more head coaches on the sideline, Alan? Like, I mean, can your can your um, more technical staff not more technical, but your other, your technical staff do the job with the the eagle eye view? Um, I don't know. I think you put, could have um, too many involvements, and I don't know why it happens. Sometimes you see it in France; they are allowed depending on the stadium. So maybe just the seats back in um, in the stadium in Bordeaux, the, the, they're quite they're far back from the from the pitch, um, so. I actually don't know why both of them were standing down and were they there for the whole game. Um, I presume that's where they were positioned. But you know, most of the time when you see coaches who are back up in the stand and, and they're able to speak through 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 the, the earpieces that they have and speak to their technical people who are going in and out with messages. So I, I, I probably not, I'd say is the answer because you'd have lots of more rows and might be good that's for good the crowd though and good for the Good for the the cinema as uh, yeah we all like a bit of cinema so, right I mean that's it yeah was it a bit of a snuff movie in Towen Park then on Saturday <laughs> night if we're keeping with yeah, the cinema team it was yes it was yeah I think it was um, I suppose I wasn't surprised um, we want you know monster people wouldn't be surprised that Leinster won I don't think anyone were surprised they were favourites seven point favourites going there um, I thought Munster. You couldn't have any complaints because it wasn't. We've seen matches in the last number of years, there where Munster have not even not shown a bit of ambition and and, and a willingness to try and breach that Leinster defence. Um, you couldn't fault them for that on Saturday. They tried. Leinster's execution though sublime, and uh, they're they're streets ahead of of most of the other provinces in their attack, their power, their balance, their game is is second to none. And I think Munster could have, could have really done with Kilcoyne, with Tyg Byrne, with Andrew Conway, with Mike Haley. I think those those players were significant losses for, for Munster. Whereas, you know, you look at Leinster, they're missing James Ryan, Ryan Baird, probably a couple of others as well. Um but the depth and the quality, you know, when you see Tyg, Tyg Byrne, Dan Sheehan and Keane Healy coming on in 45 minutes, 
you're thinking the task is going to get much harder. And just the way they were able to change gears in that second half was was very, very impressive. And they're a top, top quality side. And I suppose people, some of the headlines in the papers are is the gap the gap is getting bigger. And I'm not sure it's getting bigger. It was probably big before the game. Um, there's always a hope when, you, when you're a monster fan or monster players that you can change that. But this is seven seven losses and seven wins, we should say, for, for Leinster in a row in this fixture. Um, you know, bar the Rainbow Cup last year, you know, it's 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 utter dominance really, isn't it? Is that is that the level it should be, given the playing uh, credentials of both teams? Is, is that about right or are Munster underachieving? I don't know, is it where it should be? I think... Uh, Excuse me. Um, I think Munster will be disappointed. I think when they look back, um, maybe some defensive errors they made, um, the penalties around the breakdown hurt them on certain occasions. Uh, but <clears throat> given, I suppose, when you, I suppose, to answer that properly, on when you look at the number of Leinster players on the Irish squad and the Irish team, it sums it up really. I always, when I was playing with Munster, I think. Um, you look at the other provinces and, and, and a good measuring stick, obviously, is winning trophies. But when you look at the number of players up with, with the Irish squad and that's the fact that Leinster have so many players that are involved in the in, in the Irish squad at the moment sums up the quality and the depth. Can I, and can that I, is the can reality. I, can I interrupt a little bit here? Because I, I feel like you're all giving Munster a free pass for, I'd say, a long period of mismanagement. This feels to me like Liverpool under Roy Hodgson. And the difference between Liverpool under Roy Hodgson and even Brendan Rodgers, but Liverpool under Roy Hodgson and Jurgen Klopp is chalk and cheese. So, like, I understand the point that the players at Leinster are playing for Ireland, but they're playing for Ireland because they've got better coaches. They have Lancaster and they have that backroom team where they've added players in, like Contepomi has made a difference and maybe he goes... But uh, Fogarty comes through that system and goes to Ireland. And that's that's on Leo Cullen. He set that culture and that culture has been high achieving. Sure, they have better players coming through the academy. But some of those Munster young players are excellent. We saw that in the Heineken Cup when they were forced into, into playing. And I have to say, I don't think that this is just a resources issue. I think it's a culture issue. And I think it speaks to Van Graan and the fact that Munster wanted to keep Van Graan and uh, and he's leaving is like something is wrong there it's not being run properly it doesn't have a clear identity they don't know what they're doing and I think they've wasted Peter O'Mahony's career and they've largely wasted uh, the career of several of those players who, who have played for the Lions and who we know are, are genuinely world class I think that Munster are getting a free pass the Munster hierarchy are getting a free pass for watching Leinster and going sure there's nothing we can do here yeah um, there's certainly merit to what you're saying Ger, and I think that is the feeling amongst some Munster supporters, Munster fans, Munster pundits, ex-players, whatever you like to call them. Um, and unfortunately, that's what Johan van Graan will be judged on. Now, I think I wouldn't go to the extreme of, of what I said in 2016 and say that there needs to be a root and branch review. It, it's, not, it's not that situation. I think there is certainly um, optimism around some of those young players that have come through and probably in the last two to three years that... Are, are, are you would think are close to being up to speed and, and European starters. There's deficiencies in some areas, so it has to be mismanagement. Um, RG Snyman has brought in Damien Dialende. Um, there's issues in the front row that haven't been addressed um, and are now you're, you're now in a situation where 
Um, you know, front row players are very hard to come by. You can get second rows, back rows everywhere if you want to sign overseas guys. Um, we've seen a, a really good monster backline on paper for a number of years. That's probably fair to say that have been completely underutilized. Um, and what we've seen now in the last couple of months is definitely a change in the way they're trying to play. But I think it's too late. And if you were to say post Christmas will Munster win a trophy, um, it, it was hot, unlikely. It, it was in the scenario of, well, possibly. Well, if they get into if they get a home semi final and if they get into a final, and you never know on the day. But um, they're 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 underpowered in certain areas. Um, but it is fair to say that they've been mismanaged, and Stephen Larkham and Johan van Gran. Um, haven't taken this team forward to the same to the level that people expect they should have, and they've got to own that and and deal with that. That's why it's vitally important now that there is a change, there is a play, change in playing style. I think there has been a fair bit of improvement in bringing those players through. So I would probably be much more irate if we weren't seeing the likes of Kendall and coming through, uh, Craig Casey. Um, the Witcherly brothers, uh, Thomas Ahern. The young out halves, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so look, I think that <clears throat> that does probably give a little bit of comfort, but but the reality is when you're a head coach and you're, you're paid well um, to do a job and you don't win trophies, well, there has to be questions asked about the way it's been managed and run. Okay, one one last question. Just uh, France beat Ireland and in the Six Nations, and it felt like this was always going to be the case. The game was over by half time. Um, Greg McWilliams and Dave Briggs have a very difficult job to try and match the uh, the French and the professional teams in the Six Nations. The game against Italy is going to be one where we do judge them and get a fair opportunity to see how well their ideas are being implemented by the current team. Is that fair? It, it is, yeah, and I think look. Um, it was always going to be difficult going to France and you know the set piece uh, capitulated again the handling errors and that look I, I think s- some of those situations are down to just pressure of course there's some basic skills that let them down but Ger, we have no option here but to be patient and allow time here you can't just make a raft of changes Greg McWilliams and they probably have to suffer a little short term pain to try and improve in the long term the one area where you can't just have a quick fix solution is physicality, size, power, and they're underpowered in that, uh, you know, that, that forward pack. So that is a concern um, for them now. The focus just has to be trying to get better, and and the pressure that's on the Italian performance now and a win there, I think that's the one where they ha- will be probably judged a little bit more harshly, but. You know, I felt sorry for the for the women again. Um, they don't want us to feel sorry for them. They've clearly stated and openly said that, but they've got to get better and they've got to improve quickly. And you know, maybe maybe I'm being saying that we 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 don't expect them to win matches is is a free pass. Maybe what like what you're saying about Munster, but we have to give them a little bit of time, and that's just the reality. Okay. All right, Alan. Good stuff. Thanks a million for that. Cheers. Cheers, thanks, sir. You'll get the full post-mortem on the Red 78 this week, the Munster podcast from Alan and Eve Briggs a little bit later on this week. And of course, we'll also have our Six Nations show with Vodafone Live in a couple of days, looking back at the France game and looking forward to the Italy game as well. 